Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Go for it. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. We start the show just teeing off on the Mets, of course. I mean, what'd you expect? After another blown three-run lead, this time with their ace on the mound on a game or on a night where Max Scherzer arguably looks as good as he's looked in a Mets uniform, striking out 10 Braves, not walking anybody in his, unfortunately, only five and two-thirds innings. But he gave up 11 hits and five runs. Now, five of those hits were infield hits, and that's what made it. You know, Scherzer was dominating this game. Atlanta was just getting lucky until they weren't, until he hung a couple of pitches and they smacked him. And that's what the Braves do. You make one mistake to anybody in this lineup, you're going to pay for it. Scherzer maybe made three or four bad pitches, and it cost them the game. You know, the Mets lose Alonzo in this game as he gets hit on the wrist by a pitch early on. Tommy Pham comes in, replaces him. He has a a big night. Two-run homer, drives in a third run as well. Thought it was going to be even more, if not for a great catch by Acuna. Either way, Scherzer on a night where he looked dominant, and the Mets actually got him a 4-1 lead. He couldn't hold it. The bullpen wasn't good. Adovino stinks. I've been telling you about that for a while. Get him out of here. I'm tired of, he should have, you know, last year was the aberration. He was good last year, but I never trusted him because I knew that what we're seeing this year was inevitable. And he obviously put the game out of reach, uh, you know, giving up the two runs. That would be the difference. Braves win 7-5. But either way, what it showed you was the Braves are better. Simply put, the Braves are just a better team. Now, there's no shame in that unless, of course, you're paying to have the best team in baseball, highest payroll in Major League Baseball history, and you're nowhere near 
the best team in your division. That's a problem. And there's been regression from a year ago. That's a problem. And it's not about Daniel Vogelback. It's not about Adam Ottavino, although the bull, or Drew Smith, although the bullpen needs to be better and those guys aren't any good. In reality, it's about their stars, whether it's Max Scherzer, whether it is Jeff McNeil, Francisco Lindor, Pete Alonzo, Starling Marte. These guys got to be able to get the job done, and they just have not. And when you see them perform the way that they have in this season-defining series in Atlanta against a team that owns them, the Braves own them. Dating back to last year when they were chasing them, chasing them, chasing them, chasing them, finally had a chance to get them head-to-head. What'd they do? They knocked them out. And the Mets have never recovered. The Braves ruined the Mets' season last year, stole the division from them, stole any kind of celebration for making the postseason from them. Remember, the Mets had no champagne celebrations a year ago. Won 101 games, made the postseason not one champagne celebration. That's thanks to the Atlanta Braves. And then the Mets had a chance to go show that, you know what, hey, we could beat these guys here. Just one series, let's go beat them in Atlanta, a place that's been a house of horrors, whether it's Turner Field, uh, whether it's this place. I mean, it doesn't matter where the Braves play, what stadium they build. The Mets just can't win there. Whether it's 99 or whatever, 2000, 2001, the Mets can't beat them. And again, and even though the Mets get out to an early lead, again, the Braves come back, they have the last lap. They punch harder. The Mets have no answers. And make no mistake, the Braves, are it's in the Mets' heads. They know they can't beat this team now. Even if they win tonight, which they won't, so what? Oh, big deal. You salvaged the final game of the series? Oh, you got swept? You, you, you avoided getting swept? Big deal. You're going to throw a celebration? You guys, you get the highest payroll in baseball. You're going to celebrate losing a series? Forget the division. The division was long over. The Mets' season effectively ended with their loss last night. This team cannot do any kind of serious damage come postseason, assuming that they even make it. They're just not good enough. Scherzer, Verlander, the bullpen, the offense, you name it, they aren't good enough. Now, one way out of this mess, at least for the time being, would be to just trim the fat. It's something I've been talking about for weeks. Clean it up a little bit. They're messy. Their lineup, messy. Vogel back in there, messy. Alvarez batting ninth. Alvarez sitting on occasion, messy. Got to clean it up. Tighten things up and go out there and field your best team. Vogel back in the lineup is not your best team. Alvarez on the bench is not your best team. Field your best team. You know, that's the problem, too, where last night was as close as the Mets could get to delivering their best shot at Atlanta. And again, the Braves just brushed it off. Oh, that's all you got? Scherzer, 10 strikeouts and five and two-thirds? So what? We're going to be anyway. This is the best you have to offer? (laughs) We know we're better. And really, this goes back to a few years ago where, you know, the Mets had an opportunity in 2021 and they're the ones that set the Braves on that run. 
the division was there for the taking. The Mets had it. And then the Braves played them and were like, hey, we're as good as this team. We're better than this team. And then, of course, the Braves go on a run, even though all those injuries happen. They made moves at the deadline. What do they do? They go on and win the World Series. Ever since then, you know, this is, it reminds me, it's reminiscent of the Phillies in 07, 08, 09. Mets were leading the way. Mets were the dominant team. They collapsed. Phillies got them. Mets never recovered. I'm sick and tired of watching the Mets lose to this Braves team. I mean, this is a Braves team that lost a series to the A's. It's not impossible to beat the Atlanta Braves. Unless, of course, you have a New York across your chest. Blue and orange, specifically. Because, obviously, the Yankees could beat the Braves. The Mets can't do it. Enough. Enough of it. And everybody deserves blame. Appler, Buck, you're not going to go firing these guys. But changes do need to be made. There's something fundamentally wrong with this team, whether it's the construction of the roster, the way that they're utilizing that roster, the philosophy in building it, pitching heavy, not having enough balance in the lineup. Remember, Billy Epler brought in Marte, Escobar, Canna. Those are the big offensive guys. You could throw in Vogel back and Ruff as well. Those are the big offensive guys he's brought in. Let that marinate. Marte, Canna, Escobar, Vogelback, Ruff. And then you wonder why the team's struggling. So it's actually a miracle they won 101 games a year ago. 877-337-6666. We also touched on the Yankees. Yankees not playing because of the poor air quality around here, which is understandable. Frustrating, but understandable. Yanks will be playing without Aaron Judge. They got a doubleheader today, single admission starting at 4 o'clock, assuming that they can get the games in. And Aaron Judge is placed on the 10-day IL. It was good to see Carlos Rodon throwing at Yankee Stadium yesterday. Now, who knows what that means, but Aaron Judge, you know, with the great big toe, whatever, the great right toe with the ligament, you know, issue going on there, it's going to be a wait-and-see thing. Yeah, he's on the IL, but is it going to be 10 days? Is it going to be 10 weeks? Going to be five weeks, six weeks, what? And can the Yankees survive with a very weak lineup without Judge, without Bader in there. I know Judge is first and foremost, but the both of them being out is a problem for the Yanks. 877-337-6666. John is calling from Poughkeepsie. John? Hey, good morning, Sal. How are you? Good, John. How are you? Good. So, big mess fan. You know, I um, I, I, want, I wanted Show Walter. I did, without a doubt. He, when when he was out there, I wanted him years ago. Also, so mm-hmm. I'm not gonna, I'm not going to change on that. But things have changed, and this guy is not the captain. Listen, he's not the captain. You could see it. You could see on the bench. Whenever the camera goes on him, he's by himself. Show Walter. There's never a kid next to him. There's never Beatty. There's never there's never a shot ever where you see during the game Beatty standing next to him, Alvarez sitting next to him. There's never, I remember years ago, rookies would sit next to Davey Johnson, would sit next to any coach during a game, every once in a while. That's the whole game. But they would pick the brains of the coach. This guy, I don't ever, ever see a kid sitting next to him. Like, there's never, not even coaches talking to him. And 
I don't know what's going on. He's not the guy anymore. Well, when you say that specifically, you're you're talking about specifically the rookies, the kids, because obviously he's got a relationship with Lindor, with others. You see him talking about... Okay, Lindor he does because I think he stood up for Lindor a couple of years ago, and Lindor liked that. Well, so what is the the point for you? I didn't know if you were just talking specifically rookies like Buck has has something against him. No, no, it seems like there's no relationship with him. Unless you you do what, like, like Nito... He loved Nito. For some reason, Nito was his boy. He did not want to send this guy down. If Alvarez was not hitting the way he was, this Alvarez would be in the minor leagues. Come on, Sal. You know that. He'd be down there already. If this guy didn't pop nine home runs in, in, in one month, we, I mean, to, to think we were even having a discussion two weeks ago about sending well, Alvarez Well, it's embarrassing. Down. And that came from the Mets. And that's embarrassing. Right, that came from the Mets. So when quick, is the owner? John, when quick, is this guy going to step in? I love him. He's a great yeah. owner. I want George Steinbrenner. I want the guy that's going to say, today, what is going on? Hold Walter to the fire. Hold Epler to the fire. Hold your team to the fire. Like you said, the highest payroll in baseball. And I'm not even hearing from him. No, I want to hear from my owner if, today. I want to hear. I if want to you hear. could, are you, uh, are you, like, are you familiar with the Iron Cheek? I'm sorry, say it again, please. Are you familiar with the Iron Cheek? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, the, if the you could, one? yeah, he just passed away yesterday. Oh, yeah. If if you could oh, put I the, I didn't know that. Wow, yeah, okay. yeah, R.I.P. He's 81, so, I mean, you know, oh, yeah. it happens. Yeah. But anyway. No, no, I remember it, him. Hey, Jimmy Superfly. Snooker right, right, my, exactly. With my guy back in the day, bro. All right, so <laughs> if if you could put the camel clutch in honor of yep. the Iron Cheek on any member of the Mets organization, who would it be? Ooh. Wow. I don't know. That's a tough one, man. Mm. So we've been talking about this for the you know throughout the course of the show. I figured I'd ask you. Yeah, uh, one know, guy. You no, know, you got well, pick one. You going Buck? Uh, you going Epler? You going Vogelback? It'll be tough to get on it. Uh, on believe, it believe it or not, believe it or not, I go with Epler wow, because I think huh? it starts with Epler. And I hate to say that he was not a GM. I want, he was not a real GM. And when he took over this team, he needed uh, when 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 he took this team, he needed a veteran GM. He needed a veteran GM. And I understand they're saying people didn't want it. He didn't mm-hmm. want some people didn't want to work with him. I don't buy that. He's got a big payroll. You'll work with him. He's got a big pocket. You're going to work with him. He's got deep pockets. He'll, you'll make it work if you want to work with that boss. And for some reason, they jumped on this guy, Epler. I don't understand why. And he's just, listen, Connor and Vogelback, really? For your DH? When I've been growing up all my life, DH was a 30-home run guy yeah. who batted about 240. You don't need an on-base percentage from a friggin' DH. Do you, and your left fielder doesn't have to be the whole great on-base percentage. Do you know I what, want home runs and RBIs from that position. Do you know what the DH, only team in the league that get laughed at about that. Do you know what DH stands for? Probably disgusting hitter and, our, and, our, and a disgusting hitter for the Mets. Well, no, it stands for designated hitter. And thank you for the call, John. appreciate your passion. The problem is he doesn't hit. I mean, obviously, he doesn't do anything, but he's supposed to be, that spot is supposed to be occupied by a designated hitter. You don't have to play the field. You don't have to run, catch, throw. You just got to hit. You are our designated hitter. And guess what? The Mets occupy that role with a guy who can't hit. But again, that's not the main issue here. Why did they hire Billy Epler? Because he has experience, not only as a general manager with the Angels, but coming up through the system with the Yankees in New York, which there's great value 
in hiring a guy who's familiar with having success in this town in particular. A guy who worked under a demanding owner with a very high payroll. Sound familiar? He learned from Brian Cashman, Stick Michael, all that. Epler's got the resume. I've said it before, I'll say it again. He was the right hire for this particular job at this particular time. Now, he's got a lot to prove. And I think if I could pick any member of the Mets organization to put the camel clutch on, it'd probably be Epler, too. For a couple reasons. He never texted me back when I texted him, good luck, have a good season. Then I asked him to come on the show once. Nothing back. This after we had a really nice talk in spring training. I thought we were were starting to build something. And because he brought Daniel Vogel back in. That would be the main reason why. Forget the, the number stuff. I really don't care about that. We've moved on. I've deleted the number. And it's a good thing because last night during the heat of battle, I, I wanted to fire out some text. You, can you imagine that unfiltered just letting him have it? Why the bleep is this guy in the lineup? Please. Now, I would never do that, of course. But he would get the camel clutch, no doubt about it. Plus, I feel like I could put it on him, you know? He might be sneaky strong, but I feel like it's a lot easier to do than Vogelback. Like, Vogelback is a guy that, you know, I wouldn't be able to, hard to do really anything to him. He's so big. Camel clutch is tough to get that on there. Epler, I think it would work on, though. The frustrating thing with this whole, you know, who, why is he playing? Who's making the decision? We just don't know. I have to assume that Buck Showalter knows enough about baseball. Like, he would be the one guy in the organization that I trust without question. Buck is the guy. That's why I want him to be hired. I wanted the real manager that I didn't want him to be a puppet or a data applicator. I wanted the real manager. Well, we got that with Buck. But is he actually managing on his own? Is he being forced with certain lineups? I just don't understand it. I can't believe that Buck Showalter, a guy who's as smart as he is, is going with Vogelback and believes that he's going to help him win games. I do believe Buck does not like the youngsters and would have Alvarez hitting ninth in that lineup, which is a mistake. And also not having Alvarez in a lineup on an everyday basis. Because if he's not catching, he should be DHing. It's pretty simple from where I'm sitting. And I think from where you're sitting, too. So I don't know why it's not simple for Buck and the Mets. But again, maybe that's not his decision. I don't know. Maybe he's being told what that lineup should be. I want to know who's making those decisions, and then we can accurately assess the blame. But for now, everybody deserves some blame. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. 
So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. The fan is better when you're part of it. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. Salakata back on the fan, 877-337-6666. What the? Scared me. 877-337-6666 is the number of call going to 5 a.m. The warm-up show with Alan Jerry. And we'll be talking a little bit about the Iron Sheik, you know, due to his passing yesterday and, you know, having some fun with saying, who would you put from the Mets organization in the Camel Clutch? And I was just talking with Jerry outside because I was like, am I imagining things? You know, a lot of times I'm, when I'm driving home, I'm half asleep, which is not a joke. It's scary, but you just, I'm out of it. And I was like, so I was listening to the warm-up show driving home, and Al, as he often does, referenced the Iron Sheik with something. I think Al killed the Iron Sheik. He brought him up. He was mentioning him yesterday, and then boom, he dies. Al killed the Iron Sheik. What a life, though, right? 81 years old for the Iron Sheik, which is outliving most wrestlers by probably 50 years, especially from his era, right? And I know everybody's sad, and they post pictures, and I'll say, oh, Iron Sheik. And look, he was an impactful guy, no question about it, you know, leading to uh, the the birth of Hulkamania, losing uh, the belt to Hulk Hogan, whatever. But, you know, that's a you know you make it to eighty one as a wrestler. That's a big it's a it's a great accomplishment. You, know, you could be sad, but it's not like oh the tragic passing of the Iron Sheik. All right, he's eighty one. Guess what happens when you get old? You die. Eighty one's a long way. Good for him, especially in the wrestling world. But anyway, it just made me think of which Met I'd want to put the camel clutch on. I think I'm going with Epler. Fleeks, you have an answer to that question. If you could put the camel clutch on any member of the Mets organization right now for their slow start to this year, for them losing two straight in Atlanta, you have one guy in mind? I mean, I ha- you have to come up with somebody who's not vocal back just because yeah, that's it's too obvious, easy. Yeah. Right. I think he's trying, so it's tough, but I want to put McNeil there because I think mm. of all the guys he's been, I mean, it's him or Lindor, the only candidates for most disappointing. Maybe Marte, but... Well, you could throw Epler, about- Buck in there, none of those guys. No, nah, but I mean, Buck makes some decisions that annoy me. We've gone over Billy Epler. Like, do I mm. think some moves could have been better, some worse? Yes, but I don't. I don't think they're fully responsible for this. You have five veterans, four of them making big time money, who have been disasters across the board. And the only one who's not making a ton of money yet is Pete because he hasn't gotten that extension yet. And of the group, he's been by far the least embarrassing. You know, McNeil's a good one because he, it seems like he might be the easiest to get in that camel clutch and just really get, like, you, uh, 
Get a hit with somebody on, will you? Can you get hit one in the gap for an extra base hit? You know what? also annoying about McNeil? Makes it worse every day. The season Luis Arias is having. Because the way they talk about, oh, well, you know, he just hits the ball all over the field. Mm. He hits line drives wherever the defenders aren't. He just finds the open space. That's supposed to be McNeil. Like, they both won the batting titles last year. Arise in the American League, McNeil in the National League. Of course, it's the guy that an NLE's team trades for that gets better and goes, I'm going to forget 320, I'm going to hit 400. Yeah, right. And it's the guy on the Mets who gets an extension that becomes a 270 singles hitter. It's unbelievable. Is it, though? Is it really unbelievable? Or is it actually believable? Yeah, that's a good pick. I like that one. I'll still go Epler. Yeah, just because you know, it's a little personal. 877 Can I go Sandy? Can I go back in time and still blame Sandy for, <laughs> the, Sandy. for the hole that he dug this team in? Well, uh, as I said before, this is not just an Epler thing. This is not just a this year thing. They're still paying for mistakes that Brody Van Wagenen made. Forget about Sandy before him. You're right. I just can't blame him because he uh, no sane man with uh, even a partial brain would have hired him. Like, right. you and I are just as qualified to be the GM in the Mets as Brody Van You Wagner. expect more from Sandy. Sandy made a bad one with the Real Muto thing. He made a bad one. Look, you could say that Lindor was a bad one. Bad decision going all in on Lindor. They could have had Springer, Real Muto, uh, the guys I wanted. And no, he went out and got Lindor. You, know, you could have had, arguably, could have gotten Arenado, Springer, and Real Muto. And instead, they got Lindor and James McCann. And still paying for that. Oh, Van Wagen and trades for Cano. Sandy comes in, ignores uh, Real Muto, thinks James McCann was a better signing. They went all in on Lindor. Trading Pete Crow Armstrong to a Sandy decision that, Baez, yeah. that tied at least one hand behind Billy Epler's back last year. Correct. It didn't only hurt them the year that they actually made that trade because Baez wasn't any good. It hurt them the following year, last year, because it made Steve Cohen shy, gun shy. I, I mean, I like Sandy, and I do think he's a good baseball mind, but he did he made some bad decisions here. Costly ones. When they finally had money to spend. Did they go in on the right guys? I don't think so. I'd rather have George Springer on this team right now. I'd rather have Rio Muto. Dennis is calling from Mount Arlington. What's up, Dennis? Hey, Sal. How are you? Great show as usual. Thank you, Dennis. Um, you're welcome. I love the Iron Sheik analogies. I think it's fantastic. Who would you put um, in the camel clutch? Do you have a guy? You know what? You guys just mentioned it uh, briefly. I, Lindor. Hmm. I mean, the guys, what, what is he hitting? 220? I mean, no, not even. Maybe the Sheik can put it on him and just, you know, the Sheik likes to keep the camel clutch even when the guy submits, you know? Yeah, so just, maybe, just keep uh, it going. <laughs> maybe Lindor, we, we can just, you know, put it on him, let him submit, and then we'll let him go, you know? But uh, he has so much talent, and they paid him so much money, and, that, and that's holding him back. Um, and, and you pray to God, I, I'm a Yankee fan, but you pray to God that he snaps out of this in the next few years because they got him for a long time. Well, I mean, when you think about the superstars around baseball, and that's why I know the Mets are going to make a run at Shohei Otani. When you think about the superstars, Bryce Harper, Manny Machado, Aaron Judge, Otani, Trout, yeah. uh, you know, just think about some of the stars. I mean, pick a brave, Acuna, uh, Austin Riley, Maddles, like, and I know that Acuna is really this, the superstar next level. The Mets' top stars don't get to that level that those other guys are at. Maybe like a Matt Olson, right. 
or even I, – look, I, I even think Austin Riley is better than Lindor or Alonzo. So the Mets' yeah. top guys are, let's say, B-level compared to the other A-level stars. I hear uh, Alonzo's a free agent next year, isn't he? They got a. They oh, got I think a he's got. Uh, no, doesn't he have one more year? So after next year, maybe. You might be right. I, you know, like I said, I'm more of a Yankee fan, but I know his contract is expiring. Did they find out what happened yesterday with his wrist? Yeah, and X-rays were negative, so he should be fine. Oh, okay. Because uh, the judge, they're, they're, they're going neck and neck, and now they're both out, so it kind of ruins things in New York, you know? Yeah, well, for at so. least a little while. We don't know, Dennis, and thank you for the call. We don't know the severity of the judge toe yet i mean obviously we know that it's not broken you know the 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 strained or sprained ligament or whatever in the toe um but we don't know a timetable yet and that's going to be something that's got to be i guess constantly evaluated to see when he's going to be able to come off the il hopefully it's 10 days maybe it's a little bit more maybe it's a lot more that could be a problem and with alonzo i would expect he's going to be out of the lineup tonight in Atlanta, but maybe he comes back, you know, for this weekend. I don't know. You would expect him to miss a couple of days. That risk could be tricky. Even if the x-rays are negative, it's still going to be swollen. Chris is calling from the Parkway. What's up, Chris? Good morning, Sal. Uh, a couple things. The Vogelback thing, I get that it's not him. He's not the problem. But, like, them not getting rid of him is just showing us, like, they don't care about the fans. They don't. They just keep running the same lineup out. It's kind of like spitting in our face. I don't know. That's how I take it. I don't know how you feel about well, it. Well, I said this two weeks ago. First of all, I was the first person in this town to not want Vogel back. When everybody else thought it was funny and cute, oh, look at him. He's such a big guy. My niece would say, oh, look at his belly jiggle when he runs the bases, Uncle Sal. I would say, yeah, but he's not good at baseball. And now I've been proven to be correct. He is not good at baseball, and everybody wants to jump on board. So I get it with Vogelback. And I said this a few weeks ago, until the Mets move on from Vogelback, like DFAM, cut him, get rid of him, I cannot take them seriously. I just don't get it. And uh, what about Fam as DH? What do you think about that? He's been coming around. I'm okay with Fam in the lineup. Why not have him in left field? I mean, who are you going to put in left field over him? Yeah, that's I'm okay with a... Fam, like if you want to have Fam in left field for a couple days and then maybe move McNeil out there and get Escobar some at-bats, I'm okay with that. I think you've got to eliminate two guys from their equation. Vogelback and Canna have to go. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and I, and like, how- I like Canna. Like, he seems like a good dude. He's just, like, what's – you can't have him and Fam. They filled the no, same – and, and Fam has been better than he has. He's too hit or miss. Canna's too hit or miss. Right. Uh, and how delusional is Raquel? Come on, oh, man. my God, dude. Did you watch that last night? She she just stares into space. Like, what is she even thinking about? Nothing. I think she's thinking about lying. Did you see the <laughs> – so you saw, like, the last five minutes or whatever when they finally got I, her down afterward? I, I missed the last, like, 20 minutes. It was too late for me. I got up early. I got you. So, in the last – you got to go back and check it out. Of course, we're talking about Vanderpump Rules. Thanks, Chris, for taking the time to give us a call. So Raquel, who was the biggest cheater ever, cheated uh, on, uh, well, she cheated with her best friend's husband. Oh, man, Raquel. And she doesn't even show emotion or remorse. But after the reunion where she was sitting there and blankly staring and apologizing and lying through her teeth, trying to take accountability, but just blatantly lying. They get her for a sit-down afterward. You guys got to watch this. I'm telling you, it's fascinating. 
They get her for a sit-down after and we're like, Raquel, you were clearly lying. And she's like, I can't lie anymore. I want to tell the truth. Sandoval, the guy who she cheated with, was trying to coach her and tell her to lie so he didn't look worse for how long this affair has been going on, for where the affair has been taking place. You know, they slept together in Sandoval and Ariana's bed while Ariana was at a funeral for her grandmother. Think about that. This is her best friend cheating with her husband while she's away in her own bed. She's away at her grandma's funeral. And Raquel finally came clean about it. And she was crying and this and that. That was the first time she really showed some emotion. But she's lost. And Sandoval is a, I mean, he's lower than low. Because he's lying about it. Like, just own up to it. What a, the, the whole thing is messed up. And Sandoval's been a repeated cheater. And look, you know. Whatever, it happens, and he gave legitimate excuse about the relationship being sour, and that's fine. But the way that he's lied about it and trying to coach Raquel about it, oh, man. What a, a terrible situation. Pat, who do you like, Sandoval or, or Raquel? Are you on Ariana's side? I'm on Raquel's side. I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah, I figured. Go ahead. I'm on Raquel's side. Yeah. I like the name Raquel. I like Raquel Welch. What about, yeah, what about the Iron Sheik? Do you have any Met uh, that you would put in the camel clutch? Uh, is the camel clutch like a uh, cut off the air supply? What? Is the camel clutch to cut off the air supply? Uh, yeah, I think so, kind of. You get under their jaw. I don't know if it's a stretching move or whatever. Oh, no. Maybe the sleeper. The sleeper hold is to cut off the air supply. I think the camel clutch is just to stretch... The body out? I'm not really sure what it does. Well, it wouldn't take much to cut off uh, Vogelbach's air supply, you know. He's carrying a little extra weight, so he'd probably go under in a couple of seconds. I'd put him in the camel clutch. Okay. All right. It'd be tough to get it on him, but anyway, I respect it. So did I hear something about Mauricio being hurt in the minor leagues, or is he okay? Uh, Uh, I don't know what the latest is with that. I know he got hurt last week. Uh, I have not heard an update uh, if he's playing or not. I I guess we would have heard if you were playing and he would have hit a couple homers by now, but... I don't think Mauricio's coming up here anytime soon because they said they want to get him acclimated to left field. Well, you know, I, I just, I, I wouldn't be, uh, you know, fooled by the illusion of fam. And I understand that fam and can are a bit redundant, but they're under salary. But as soon as you can get Mauricio up here, you know, Vogelback is the man to, obviously, DFA, I think we've been saying that for months, you know, and get rid of him and play three of the kids every day whether it be Beatty, Alvarez, Vientos, Maurizio, play three of them every day and let Pham or Tanner or whoever come off the bench. We saw what happened when we put someone who can't play left field in left field. I know you defend uh, Mr. McNeil, but he's not an outfielder. I'm sorry. And it cost us a game. I don't defend him. I mean, he was a great hitter. He's been a great hitter. He has not been this year. And he's usually a gamer, a guy you could put in a corner outfield spot, obviously second base, third base if needed, and give you good defense. But, yeah, he messed up the other night badly a couple of times in left field, and he's just had a bad year. McNeil's having a bad year. I think we have to settle into the fact that we're going to be chasing a wild card. I'm not, I'm not raising the white flag in the division, but the Braves are superior. No, the division's we, over. Come on. Yeah, well, we can knock them off in the playoffs. Stranger things have happened. Obviously, the Phillies knocked them off last year. Uh, things can happen. but you know, Well, the, yes, things can happen. The Mets beating the Braves, though, cannot happen, especially yeah, in, in the playoffs. Series, Sal, you never know. What do you Berlin mean? They play them in three-game series all the time. Game. They can't beat them. If Scherzer and Verlander are completely on their game, I'm going to get a lot Oh, no, no, no. See, this is what I'm not doing, Pat, and thank you for the call. This is what I'm not doing. 
Oh, if Verlander and Scherzer. No, no if. They had them both lined up again. It was the same thing last year. Well, if DeGrom and Scherzer and Bassett are all healthy, you'd love your chances going to Atlanta to win a series or just, you know, win a game to win the division. Guess what? They had it that way. DeGrom, Scherzer, Bassett. Guess what? They got swept. This year, this series. All right, going to Atlanta, regular season, June. Not a big deal, right? It is a big series. And they had Scherzer and Verlander lined up, and they did it specifically because they had Kodai saying a pitch on normal rest at home on Sunday where he couldn't get out of the second inning. They did that because, in part, they wanted Verlander and Scherzer to pitch in this series against Atlanta knowing that it was important to take two out of three. And how'd that work out? They've already lost the first two with Verlander trying to avoid the sweep tonight. So I don't want to hear, oh, with Scherzer and Verlander. No, nonsense. That's the fool's gold with this team. That's the mistake. They went all in investing at the top of the rotation, and I'm not saying I would have done differently But I would have wanted, and I did say this, I wanted more balance. Yeah, you have to replace DeGrom with Verlander, but you need more balance in that lineup on the team. And they don't have it. So it's all about Scherzer and Verlander. You saw Scherzer, who even looked like a dominant Scherzer last night. Ten strikeouts, no walks, five and two-thirds, 11 hits, five earned runs. That's a beating. Matter of fact, that might have been the biggest beating that I've ever seen in a dominant start like that. He looked both dominant and extremely hittable in the same game, in the same five, you know, six innings, five and two thirds. How does that happen? It wasn't like he was getting lucky striking out. He was dominating that game. Infield hits were all the Braves were getting. And then, boom, the wheels fell off. So I don't want to hear it. Oh, just get to the postseason and Scherzer and Verlander short series. Nonsense. That'll be the narrative that everybody's going to be spinning for the next three months. Bottom line is, this team's nowhere near Good enough. Your official station to talk Jets. The Fan, 1019 FM and always live on the free Odyssey app. Download it today. Salakata back on The Fan, going to 5 a.m. The warm-up show with Al and Jerry. We'll finish up with your calls here. Let's try to get everybody in. Mitchell's calling from Fort Lee, New Jersey. What's up, Mitchell? Good morning, Sal. Two things first. You know, you're talking about the Iron Sheik. And my father's uh, partner's uncle, his name was Danny Bartfield. He was a referee for the WWE back way back when. And he got his tickets to go to the Garden. And I, when the Sheik, uh, the Sheik beat Backlund and the place went bonkers. They were throwing bottles into the rings. It was the most craziest thing I ever saw in my life. Back then, that was it. Was it was it was crazy. And then again, at the Garden, losing to uh, to Hulk Hogan, obviously the start of uh, Hulkamania in 1984. Yeah, yeah, it was it was amazing. And if you had to take the 
the Cobra Crutch, and you had to take who to do it. I put it onto the Will Ponds because the Will Ponds, and I'm not a mess fan, Sal. But they're not you know, here anymore. Yeah, but Sal, but Sal. It's like going that, back so in the dressing room and seeking out somebody that doesn't matter. Like they're not, they're not there. Come on, you're in the ring with somebody else. You're not going to go in the, in the locker room looking for somebody who's irrelevant with the Will Ponds. They're Sal, not in the but, picture anymore. But Sal, if they would have spent money back then and would have done other things, the Met, your Met team would be a lot better off than they are right now. Your Met team is in a, in a complete uh, disaster. I mean, my Yankees are not much better right now, but uh, you guys are in a disaster area. You, you have no pitching staff. You have two guys that are in the mid-40s that, uh, you know, oh, every, oh, every, everyone was so happy to get Scherzer and... Uh, those were the right moves. The results may vary, and obviously they have varied, whether it's injuries, whether it's underperformance, but the moves were right. You know, you can't knock, and thank you for the call, Mitchell. You can't knock the Mets, whether it's Cohen, whether it's Billy Epler, for investing in Max Scherzer and Justin Verlander. What you can question them on is the philosophy and the way that they built the team with not balancing it out enough, especially after what happened last year. Because last year they had it lined up perfectly. And it failed them. So I would think, okay, well, we went all in with the starting rotation. While I like that idea to still have a heavy, a, a, a top-heavy rotation, we need to balance it out a little bit and have a build a better team. And that's something they didn't do. Eddie's calling from Rockland. What's up, Eddie? Hey, Sal. What's happening? You How know, are you, Eddie? Talking about uh, the Iron Sheik, you know. That's right when my transition was. I know that's a little bit before your time, but you ever hear a guy before the Sheik called the Iron, uh, Ivan Koloff the uh, Russian bear? Uh, yes, I, I have heard of that. He was he was the Iron Sheik before the Iron Sheik, but that was my best. Like what you guys brought up about the transition to Hulk Hogan, that's when I lost it. What do you mean you, as, you you were out at that point? As soon as he came running down, and the the Sheik was asking, he'll beat anybody, he'll beat anybody, and then he comes running down to that music. That was as soon as he before he even entered the ring, and the match was on. It was over for me. Oh, well, that's the greatest wrestling uh, moment in history. What do, you, what do you What do you mean, dancing with Cindy Lauper and, and Yeah, well, it was a start. It was a start. Well, no, it led to Hulk Hogan slamming Andre the Giant and that whole rivalry. It led to the you know double referee thing where Hogan lost the belt. Like Hulkamania started with Hogan beating the Iron Sheik in 1984, and it right, ran wild for 85, 86, 87, 88, 89. All right. All right. Uh, well, 90, 91, 92. The Iron Sheik had like eight, nine matches against Sergeant Slaughter. Who was Hulk Hogan's number one me- nemesis? Well, I mean, if you're asking me my favorite match, and thank you for the call, Eddie, because he had a lot of nemesis over the years. My favorite um, feud, probably, it's either Hogan-Andre or Hogan-Savage. That time frame from WrestleMania 3, 1987, you know, the build-up, Piper's Pit. Andre, what are you doing, Andre? You're bleeding. You know, Piper, you're bleeding. Andre, how could you do that, brother? Yeah, he rips the chain off of Hogan's neck. I challenge you to the world championship at WrestleMania. You know, whatever. So that build up to WrestleMania 3. Hogan slams Andre, drops the leg, beats him, whatever. 
leading to the Saturday night main event where Andre, you know, the DiBiase paid off the referees. Andre beats Hogan. And turns out, you know, it was uh, the title has got to get vacated, sets up WrestleMania 4, where Savage wins the tournament into the Mega Powers forming, where Savage is the champion, but him and Hogan form the tag team and that bond leading into the breakup. Those for me from 87 through, I guess that was 89, right? WrestleMania 3 or the build up to WrestleMania 3 till WrestleMania 5 was the best. WrestleMania 5 to 6 was okay, but I didn't like that Hogan lost to the Warrior. I was a big Hogan guy. But come on, that was great. Matt is calling from Copag. What's on your mind, Matt? Good morning, Sal. Uh, I just want to talk about Vanderpump Rules real quick. Let's do it. Uh, so, really quickly, my mom watches it, and I hop in and out, you know, passing by, and I see Sandoval with Ariana, and he's cheating on her? I mean, what's wrong with that guy? He's so lucky to have someone like her. Am I right, Sal? Come on. Well, I will say that their relationship, and thank you for the call, Matt, their relationship had major issues. She wasn't paying him any attention. It was obvious if you watch it. He clearly wanted more. They seemed to be just in a relationship for the sake of being in one. Now, I don't know the inner workings of it, but what we see on camera and then what Sandoval has explained afterward you know, relationships sometimes grow stale. People get bored with each other. It's not as exciting as it was in the beginning. I can understand his point of view to a certain extent. He took it to a whole nother level, though. You want to cheat, it's one It's one thing. You want to get out of the relationship, that's another. But to cheat with her best friend and lie about it to her face for months while filming is taking place... It's just a whole nother level. Eddie is calling from Mohegan Lake. What's up, Eddie? Hey, Sal. How you doing? Good show. How are you, Eddie? Thank uh, you. I'm good. You know, I've been. A, I'm going to say this again. Been a Mets fan since '69. Mm. I saw some good teams and some bad teams. But you know something? The good teams look like bad teams now. It, there's no no release on this. This is just like every time they get bad luck or the team just sucks. Yeah, I don't think I don't think this team sucks. And thank you for the call, Eddie. Appreciate you checking in. I don't think this team sucks. I just don't think they're good enough. I think certain players on the team suck, but I don't think they're good enough. Look at the Braves. It's not even close. It's not even close. Acuna, Olsen, Austin Riley, Shaw Murphy. I mean, those guys are uh, Ozuna. I hate him. Albies. You know, yeah, the, these guys are significantly better. Harris, who's even struggling, has had a terrible year. He's hitting in the ninth spot. He kills the Mets tonight or last night. Look at the Mets lineup in comparison. We're worried about Vogelback, Pham, and Mark Hanna. The Mets stars just don't compare to Atlanta. Terribly disappointing. And where the Mets are built to be the difference... You know, their advantage over other teams, Scherzer, Verlander, that hasn't been good enough. The Braves took the Mets' best shot last night with Max Scherzer dominating for the start of that game. Had a 4-1 lead. And the Braves still got him and were able to beat the Mets and will likely sweep the Mets away later on tonight. We'll be back on afterward to talk about it either way. 
Thanks to Fleegs, as always. Thanks to everybody who called and listened. Appreciate each and every one of you. Be back again tomorrow, 2 a.m., to finish out the week strong on a Friday. We'll see you then. The warm-up show with Alan Jerry. That's coming up next. Sports Radio 1019 You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.